0: Okay, let's go into your case, Steve.
1: This is an 80 year old lady, 30 years ago, had a breast cancer. In May of 2003, she showed up with a lung tumor. The biopsy of that was compatible with a lung primary. It was not the same as the breast primary that she had before, hormone receptor negative. She had bone metastases also. She was treated with here for three months, then GEMSAR for four doses. She is a very well-connected lady, does a lot of research, and knows a lot of people all around. Somebody told her about ARESA. She insisted on going on Eresa and she went on Eresa and probably was a pretty good decision because from up until January of this year, she was asymptomatic. On ERESA. Doing very well on ARESA.
0: So she was on it for, what, how many years?
1: Close to five years.
0: And how did she do in terms of side effects? None. Skin, nothing? Nothing, zero. The 250 milligram yeah. dose? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Did you say she was a non-smoker or a smoker? Non-smoker. Yeah. Okay, so keep going. And
1: in January, she developed increasing symptomatic bone metastases. She had radiation therapy and tried her on Tarceva. She couldn't tolerate it. And then she's been on a since.
0: So it couldn't tolerate the Tarceva because of what? She just didn't like it. Did you try dose-reducing or she no. just didn't want to take no, it? she
1: didn't want to take it. This lady, let me tell you, this lady... You're not going to inflict anything on this lady she doesn't want to have done. She insists that if her hemoglobin falls below 12, she doesn't feel well, and she wants to have her arin But I said, I can't do it. Those yeah. aren't the guidelines. Yeah. I'm not going to get paid for this uh-huh. stuff. She says, give me a prescription. I'll get it in the drugstore, and you have your nurses give it to yeah. me. And that's what she's doing. She was 11.9 grams of hemoglobin and got a shot of arin
0: this week. <laughs> so she's on Pemetrexate right now? Yes. And how is she doing right now? She's doing Okay. What would you be thinking about her, you know, particularly if she starts to not do okay?
2: Well, you know, I think it's remarkable that she had such a prolonged time on gefitinib in this setting. She probably is one of these being a never smoker and having that kind of clinical course in EGFR mutant. You know, one of the questions is in these patients who, now, did she have an objective response to the gefitinib? I mean, did did you Yeah, the lung lung cancer got smaller. Went away. Okay. So, I mean, in these patients that have sensitivity and durability to EGFR TKIs like this, the question is, should they ever come off? the EGFR TKI. I got to say, this is a measurable metastasis. This was not a bronchoalveolar. Right. Okay, Right. But it was, you did say adeno. Adeno, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there is some data from Sloan Kettering. I think it was published in Clinical Cancer Research by Greg Riley in the recent past that looked at this group of patients that have responses and some durability, and then they tried to look at CT and PETS going off the EGFR TKI for three weeks, measuring and then going back on, and they could demonstrate that in this very select population that there seemed to be an acceleration of their tumor off of the EGFR TKI and that you could reinduce stability. And so the thinking may be that you know, a fair portion of this patient's tumor may still be driven by these activating mutations and by removing the EGFR TKI, her disease could worsen. Now, obviously, I agree with that if she did have frank objective progression, symptomatic progression, then you'd have to do something else. And I think pemetrexid is my next choice to use. And I tend in these patients to stop the EGFR, TKI while well, I'm giving chemotherapy. I don't know if that's the right or the wrong thing to do, but I haven't mixed them yet. But after they've done their four to six cycles of chemotherapy, uh, put them back on, they're, in most cases, are erlotinib in this setting.
0: What do we know about Erlotinib after gefitinib? There's
2: been some data published on that. Yeah, not a lot of data. You know, one of the issues is the dosing issue. You know, the question is, are they that different of a drug? Or, you know, gefitinib was a drug that was kind of developed with this kind of minimal biologic dosing strategy, whereas Erlotinib was developed with what we all grew up with was the maximum tolerated dosing strategy. And so the reason, I mean, I suspect that if you tripled her dose of gefitinib from 250 to 750, which would be roughly equivalent to the 150 of erlotinib. She probably would be very cranky, too, with that. She could be cranky whatever I do. Right. So, (laughs) so, So I think that, you know, some have been an advocate in these patients of increasing the dose. Essentially, if you're going from gefitinib to erlotinib, that's kind of what you're doing. You know, I can imagine a case getting back to the nature of the mutation, the nature of perhaps a resistance mutation, that you could have a patient that was refractory to one, sensitive to another. But I think that's probably a relatively unusual situation, at least with these two drugs in this particular setting.
1: At this particular time, Jafitinib had been pulled off the market, right. and she was still able to get it by throwing her influence around and so forth. I don't think she could have gotten triple the dose. Though that would yeah. have been kind of the, the other thing is you asked what kind of symptoms she had. She basically complained about fatigue and malaise. and I said, you know, you got metastatic cancer.
0: Anything being done in terms of developing new agents to get around the resistance? I mean, would you send this patient up to Tom Lynch? Does he have anything there that maybe would be worth thinking
2: about? There were a couple of abstracts at ASCO looking into what I refer to the class of designer drugs. You know, these mutations cause conformational changes in the protein, and you can design drugs that fit into various pockets differently. There were several abstracts at ASCO this year that kind of looked at either in EGFR TKA-naive patients or in patients who had a previous exposure to an EGFR TKI. So in a patient like this, I think that, you know, I would send her to one of the so-called epicenters of VGFR biology, whether she goes to Sloan or whether she goes to Mass General, to Tom's Group or Posse since I'm a Farber alumni, Mm -hmm. tend to send them to the Farber. And unfortunately, every time I've sent a patient there, the protocol hasn't been open or they're between protocols or stuff like that. So, but I don't have any personal experience with any of those drugs.